Welcome back to the Hollywood Speaks podcast. I am so happy you're here listening. This week's episode, I am chatting with my friend Anna again, and this time we are talking about toxic work situations, how to know it's toxic, how to leave and stand up for yourself, and then how to find a healthier job. So I hope you love this episode. It's always fun having Anna in the studio. Let's just get to the episode. Welcome back to the Hollywood Speaks podcast. If you're looking at the title, you will see that Anna Bohr is back in the studio. Yay! Yay. If you have not already listened to part one episode with Anna, you can go ahead and listen to it. It was about how to break into the film industry. And so we chatted about Anna's experience getting into the industry and any advice she has for people looking to do the same. So we're super excited to have her back. Today, we're going to chat a little bit of a different topic about how to be a light, how to be positive in an industry like film that can often be very negative. So we're excited to dive into this topic together. Um, Let's just do it. I'm so excited. Thank you for having me again. Of course. You know, the audience wants what they want. So (laughs) we had to have you back. (laughs) This time my voice is a little deeper. I mean, I love it. I love, honestly, I love a sick voice. That's what everybody has been saying. And I'm like, okay, guys, they're telling me they like my new voice. And I'm like, you guys, that's horrible. You're like, did you hate the old one? (laughs) They prefer this voice. Okay, thank you. You're like, all right. Um. Okay, so let's just dive in. Yeah. You and I are both people of faith. Yes. Um, how would you say your experience has been in the film industry, working in the film industry, being someone who has faith? Yeah. I think it can definitely be super eye-opening for sure, especially when you're working 15-hour days on set with people, 70-hour weeks, you're already mentally and physically exhausted. But then to have the aspect of like being the only person sometimes that has faith, you know, um, and wants to have more meaningful conversations, I think it can both be positive, it can be great, and then at times it can be super difficult. But I have found that being someone of faith comes with its own challenges, of course, but I think to me, it's like the perfect opportunity to have those meaningful conversations when you're around the same people every day, day in and day out, Um, just to be able to have deep conversations uh, and ask and like gain perspective from what other people view and their experiences and hear their stories. I just feel like it allows me to be a safe space for people on set, I would say, versus, you know, and sometimes I would be oftenly told, like, Anna, you're so positive. You're so happy all the time. Like, what's wrong with you kind of mm-hmm. vibe? So you can kind of see that, um, I don't know how to put it into words, but you can kind of see that you're a little bit different than yeah. the rest when it comes to just like the perspective shift. Totally. Yeah, I feel like, I mean, as cheesy as it sounds, like the joy of the Lord is your strength, you know, that verse, right? It sounds super cheesy, but I do feel like I've seen that in my life Mm -hmm. and where it's like, yeah, it makes no sense why I have joy or why I wake up with hope. 
Yeah. And it's truly the Lord's mm-hmm. presence in my life. And that is echoed and reflected in the way that you live and people see it. It's like you can't deny someone who's joyful. Right. And I think just even being around someone who has that joy can be such an encouragement to other people. Um, but sometimes it can be taken negatively, right? Mm-hmm. Like if someone is face-to-face with your joy mm-hmm. and it frustrates them, maybe yeah. because they want it or it reminds them that they don't have it. Yeah. Um, has there been a time where you've experienced that pushback yeah. with your joy or just even just kind of the personality that you have? Yeah, I definitely feel that at times. And I think what we were talking about earlier too is like misery attracts misery mm. or <laughs> there's like a certain saying that I can't think of right now, but like misery accompanies misery. And it's one of those things where if everybody is miserable on set or there's a couple people on set that are miserable, it literally affects the whole crew, the whole cast, and you can really feel it. But people want you to suffer with them. And so when you see people that are kind of like, you know, they're going through it, they might not might not like their job anymore and they're like just have been stagnant. Then they see, you know, somebody who's super excited to be there, loves talking to everybody. They can kind of see you as a threat at times, like, you know you're flourishing, you're just, you're finding your joy from within, not Mm -hmm. circumstantial, you know? And I think just showing up every day and trying to be positive on set, regardless of how people are going to take that was like my biggest strength. Mm -hmm. It would just be like every day I'm going to be consistent. I'm going to show up as me. I'm a very excitable person, a very joyful person. I love being friends with everybody. And so like, I know that sometimes rubbed people the wrong way. Mm-hmm. And it's like regardless of how they were going to take it or, you know, how they might see me or categorize me or label me, I just feel like I felt the need in my heart of hearts, whether it was God or what, like um, it just felt the pull to like continue to be consistent, continue mm-hmm. to show up as myself. And I'm enough regardless of, you know, if I'm the only person being like – joyful on set and like you'll find that like especially after working maybe nine months with the same people for 70 hour weeks you're genuine like in the beginning stages everyone is excited to be there because it's new and it's fresh but that wears off so Mm -hmm. it's like it's life it's like it's the um you're like the routine of life right and so if you just go through the motions and you're just getting by you can do that Mm -hmm. but if you continue to remind yourself like where your hope is coming from, where your joy is coming from and bring that with you and try to see your day differently, wake up and be excited about life. That does, it definitely like rubs off on people who aren't, I guess you could even say like believers in that sense. And they're like, why do you, why are you waking up excited about life? And it gives you an opportunity to kind of have those conversations. Definitely. So you're talking about just working, you know, 70 hour weeks, Mm -hmm just being exhausted and not being natural to come to work being positive. How do you, for yourself, what do you do to stay positive? Does that look like spending time in prayer before you go to work or I don't know what that would be for you, but how do you kind of stay in that place? 
Yeah. I mean, I won't say I'm perfect. It's not like I do it every day, but I think for me it's, yeah, it definitely is spending time like solitude and like, I'm a big uh, journaler. So I'll, yes, I write down Mm. like goals and, you know, just so I can visually see these things. But each morning, if I'm not taking time, like quiet time, if I'm immediately picking up my phone Mm -hmm. or like rushing, I missed my alarm. I noticed my mood is so off, like going into work and I'm like, I am not myself. I don't feel grounded in myself. So I think it's really important to find ways to ground yourself before going into a job. So you can Mm -hmm. go into that job with purpose Yes, and you can go into it knowing I'm going to be the best of version of myself because I've been taking care of myself this morning, whether it's a meditation or a journal or prayer or whatever that looks like for you or a workout. Like if you're doing that and grounding your own self, you're going to be able to bring your full self into a workplace and not have it feel like it's just uh, another day, another routine you're bringing. Mm -hmm. It's more of like looking at each day purposeful. Yeah. I love that. Looking at like, what are you filling yourself up with in order Mm -hmm. to be able to pour out at your job or to other people around you? Like you can't pour from an empty cup. Yes. Um, So important. Which we've been talking about a lot lately. Yeah. Yeah. Theme of the day. I know. (laughs) So important. Um, Okay. So kind of going off of that, in your experiences where it has been hard, where Mm -hmm. you go to work and you come and it's toxic. Mm-hmm. What has that looked like? I think people in me are curious. Like yeah. you hear of, you know, toxic situations in the film industry. You see yeah. like the morning show on Apple TV. There are mm-hmm. and that is only one of so many like examples of, you know, really awful things that have occurred in this industry. For you, did you kind of see things happen where you were like, um, this is bad or was it like well maybe this is normal everyone seems to be fine with it like when did you start to realize oh this is bad yeah i definitely feel like i've been in some pretty uncomfortable situations i'm not gonna lie like previous assistant jobs working for people in the industry and just being um in a culture where you know even like over sexualizing women has become the norm or like the industry obviously especially tv and film is predominantly male it's male populated overpopulated and so like being one of the few women on set is already crazy enough right and so like to be in positions where i've actually felt uncomfortable and people were to laugh it off or just think like i know deep down they probably felt uncomfortable too but like I think someone with faith, I'm able to discern like, hey, this isn't right, but I'm not going to lie. I haven't been the best at like speaking up or advocating for myself in situations, especially if it comes to a job that you could potentially lose. Mm. It's like, how do you address that? You know, your boss's friend is sexually harassing you or Mm. saying like inappropriate things where now if you're alone with him you know, you might, you don't, you don't know how to act. You're just going to be a little bit more afraid of that person. And it's uh, technically you're still on the clock. So it's like how to navigate addressing concerns, you know, especially with um, HR and all the things like legality purposes can be so hard for a lot of people Mm -hmm. who have experienced, whether it's sexual harassment in the workplace or in TV and film, that's just a topic that's already hard to navigate because a lot of women won't come forward 
due to feeling like nobody's going to believe them and also like HR needing proof. They'll need like some kind of proof to be able to um, advocate on your behalf. And so it can get really, it can get really tricky. But I think when you continue to feel that way, like I'm not saying one, <laughs> like one time is okay, like acceptable. That's not what I'm getting at. But like when it's something that you're continually in this position where you feel uncomfortable and it's, you know, you know, it's a weekly thing, like for your own mental health purposes, that is something like you need to get out of. You shouldn't be in a situation where you feel uncomfortable. You should be able to work with people that you trust that have your back. And I know not every work environment is perfect by any means, but um, especially when it comes to your safety and just like you as a person, like sexual harassment is no joke. I've not only experienced that in TV and film, but I've experienced it in the restaurant industry when I was younger. I've experienced it in other industries. And it's like, there are a lot of times I never spoke up. Like I look back even when I'm 16 years old and there were times where like, um, like a guy tried to force himself on me downstairs in the basement. And I, looking back, I really wish I went to like my manager, but instead I like was just scared yeah. and I just avoided that person and tried yeah. to like, you know, separate myself from that kind of situation. But I would just encourage anybody who's like struggling with feeling uncomfortable and it doesn't even have to be sexual harassment, but to, if you feel like you can't be yourself mm. or you feel like you can't voice something that could potentially be off. And like, I think we're all intuitive, you know, we can all sense that something might not be right. And even if you look at somebody and like, they don't even say anything to you, you can usually get a vibe of a person if they're yeah. good energy or bad energy. And it's like, you're going to feel a lot of bad energies with people you work with. But when it comes to comfort, like your own sanity's sake, yeah. it's not worth being in a job like that. No, not at all. I'm so sorry that happened to you. It's awful. Um, you mentioned like wishing that you had handled it differently or wishing that you had stood up for yourself. So what would you say advice to younger Anna or advice mm -hmm. to anyone listening how do you feel like whether someone of faith or someone without a faith, like how do you stand up for yourself and for others when someone or yourself is being treated mm -hmm. in a very unfair way? Yeah. You know, when you think – like I look back and when you're in situations like that, whether you're young or you're old, whatever age you are really and you're in a situation where you're like, oh, my job could be jeopardized. Yeah. I think in that moment, it's kind of like that feeling you get when you're in high school, right? So like you're in high school and you feel like when you're in high school, you feel like that's the rest of your life. You can't see past high school. You can't – like the kids are bullying so you or you want to fit in with the popular people. Like – you literally, everything, your world becomes like high school is your world. Yeah. And you can't see past graduation day. And I really, truly believe that's the same when, especially for me, like I bring my full self into the workplace. Right. So it's like every job I'm in, it kind of becomes like my longevity. I, mm. I don't see an end to it. I'm like, I'm in it for life, Forever, right? Yeah. yeah. And that's not the case, of course. But like, I do think we can get in this mindset of, I don't want to speak up for myself because I don't want to lose my job. What am I going to do? You kind of almost feel that sense of failure. Yeah. But I just want to encourage anyone who's like feels like they might be in a job that's not benefiting their mental health or like I said, their safety. 
there is a better job out there for you. And it's like, it isn't the end of the world if you have to shift. In fact, if anything, it's going to be met, it's going to be better for your mental health, you know? And it's like one of those things where you just have to kind of have that boldness and you have to say, okay, like you kind of have to grieve what you thought, you know, like you wanted this job, you know, maybe was your end game or end goal or you wanted to grow up in the company. But once you like grieve it and you actually try to take action steps of how to get out of a situation like that and you know that there's good on the other side, Mm -hmm. I think that will help give you the confidence that you need. And especially telling like one trusted person that you can trust, like a mentor that can help guide you out of situations like that for sure. Mm, And like, yeah, no job is worth your mental health. Just, no. I'll probably say that like 10 million times, but it's so true. It really it, is. Sometimes you don't even notice it's affecting your mental health until yeah. the people around you are like, are you okay? Yeah, until yeah. like it's too late almost. Um, so it seems like now you have a much healthier <laughs> job situation yes. and you're really seem to be happy in it, which I'm so glad. Thank you. Um, I love it. So did you also have to have – that grieving process of what you thought would be and what did it look like for you to be in the job that you're at now? Mm -hmm. Like, what do you feel like you, now that you're in a healthier situation, do you see things looking back that you're like, whoa, I didn't realize that was so out of line because now it's so much healthier. Um, Do you feel like this new job has kind of unveiled more of what you were experiencing in the past. Yeah. Yeah. It's so crazy because I always tell people about this job that I'm like, this is probably one of the healthiest industry jobs that I've ever worked, you know? So I'm so thankful for it. And it's like, um, I work for somebody who's, you know, he's in his twenties. And so I feel like I really connect more and like a friendship level with him. And I think there, there's like a mutual respect and that always helps where we both value each other's opinion. And I think that's so important in like a work relationship. Um, but yeah, I would say being in a healthier environment with people who actually are like checking in on me, like mm. even though I don't see some of these people every day yeah. that I'm talking to, um, they're still texting, they're communicating with me like, hey, how's it going? Yeah. They're checking in and I've just like, I've been praying for mm. a work environment like this and also you know, I can be myself too. Like I don't have to worry about dressing a certain way or dressing up, or I can just be who I am presentable, you know, obviously, but be who I am. Um, and kind of like be my own boss in a sense, like it's a hybrid role. Um, and then, so it's in person and I also work from home, but I would say, yeah, the mutual respect is there. Um, and, I haven't had to deal with obviously like any inappropriate comments or anything like that, um, which has been so nice. And I think like, yeah, being in a healthier job now does showcase like, wow, the jobs that I did have, like where I didn't feel respected at all. Or like I even had guys commenting on my clothing when Mm -hmm. I was obviously presentable and like, but there was no reason to be commenting on my Mm. clothes for what reason or like I told you with some of the inappropriate comments when I was alone with a guy yeah um especially these aren't just people my age these are people that are like 30 years older than me so that's like a big difference too and yeah so I think like being in those situations where I knew it was kind of wrong but Mm -hmm. I didn't really know how to get out of those scenarios now being in an environment where my voice is heard yeah i feel like now knowing what a healthy job looks like 
I, if I were to ever leave the job I am in now and end up going in a different one and it was unhealthy, I would be able to use my voice because mm. I think once you're able to see a healthy work environment or be a part of it, you're not going to want to go back. Right. But if you've never really had a healthy work environment or working for a boss that's mm -hmm. treating you with respect and the people around you, like how are you supposed to stand up for yourself or advocate for yourself? Yeah. It's like one of those things where the standard's high. If you're dating somebody and they're like treating you amazing and you guys break up and you date somebody who's treating you like crap, like you're not going to put up with that because you just had the most amazing, you know, experience before that. So I think it's really about um, just knowing that there are so many jobs out there that we limit ourselves mm -hmm. because we are scared. We're afraid that it's like a scarcity mindset. Yeah. We're afraid there's not enough jobs out there. So we have to suffer and we have to work our way through these jobs to get to the next level. And it's like, no, we don't have to put up with that just as much as people let go and fire mm -hmm. people because they're not a good fit, you know, like bosses firing employees. Yeah. Employees shouldn't have to put up with toxic bosses. Mm -hmm. Like there needs to be a mutual understanding, a mutual respect. And there are so many people I see right now in the industry getting walked on, especially as assistants. Yeah. They're being treated like crap, but they think my certain people that I know think have to put up with that just to get to the next step. And it's like, we don't, we don't have to accept this norm, mm -hmm. the so-called normality. Exactly. And I think knowing that is so powerful because I know it can be in any industry, but I think just seeing it here in LA in the film industry, and I'm sure in music as well, it is such a power trip. People like in any job will pull it over your head saying like, you know who would kill for this job? Yeah. And just that line is that. used so much. I mean, and I think you're right. It's the fact there's this formula, it seems, that people use is like desperation, mm -hmm. seeking a dream. And they're like, if you really want, if you want it, or if you want to pay rent and need a job, you got to do it. And it's like this combination of desperation and, you know, dreams. And then the person is in this, terrible situation and they feel like they can't get out of it because like if I leave, I'm not going to pay my rent or I'm not going to be able to have my dream or I'm going to be, you know, out of the industry forever and they're mm -hmm. threatened with like, you know, ruining network. That is huge. Like being like, I'm never going to let you work again in this industry. Yeah. You know, like people – People really manipulate. See, and we're relying too much. We're giving away our power because we think other people have the power to control our careers. Mm -hmm. So we have to put up with anything that comes our way. And there is a time and place where you put in your work, right? Right. Like you're working at the bottom of the barrel, sure. But I think there comes a point where you have to know your worth. You have to know your purpose, who God has called you to be, mm -hmm. and um, invoice there's going to be a time and a place where you're going to have to voice things, especially if it's unhealthy. A hundred percent. Yeah. I think that's such a good reminder for anyone listening of like, if that's where you're at, just like remembering that that is not your worth. Like you are worth more than being treated terribly and being forced in a situation that is not okay. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's even just saying like to the person, like, that is extremely inappropriate. Yeah. And because it is, you know, and just telling them and or it's, you know, walking out or it's telling HR, but like taking those steps. And I think that's important too 
do what you can to help the next person, you mm-hmm. know, like who might have your job. Um, or even just like sharing like you are, Anna, with people so that anyone else who's in a similar situation can feel empowered yeah. to ask for more than what they're being treated with. Cause it's yeah, it's it's sad to see like what gets accepted, you know, mm-hmm. because there is that like power trip. Yeah. Um but I think if we can speak for our own experiences, it is so worth it yeah. to turn like the other direction and not take the crap and look for something better, even if that means you're having to do, you know, odds and ends, mm-hmm. jobs that aren't your dreams because like you'd rather do that than be in an unsafe situation yeah. for a great company that you love. And that is okay and really good. Like that is empowering yourself to be like, I am not worth being treated this way. So I'm going to go somewhere else where I can be safe. And knowing that something better will come because there are good jobs out there. Like you said, they do exist. But in order to say a better yes, you have to say a no. You can't see what's out there without first saying no to what you currently have. So I love that being brave and believing that there could be more for you. That's great. Um, so in terms of advice to maybe someone who is looking for like a more healthier job situation, were there things that you saw like white flags, if you will, Mm -hmm. in your job interviewing process? with this current job that maybe kind of illuminated for you, this could be a better job option? Oh, yes, for sure. Um, Definitely one of the best green flags that I had for this role was my current position. I was asking for a little bit more than what they had offered and they, there was no questions asked. They were Mm -hmm. like, absolutely, we're going to meet you, you know, where where you're at and where you're coming from because we believe in your potential and we would love to see you grow with the team Mm -hmm. and like to me that was the first time you know i've interviewed in my last podcast with you we episode we talked about interviewing for 50 jobs and it's like i've had some job offers and not once has a team come back saying like we value your experience we want to meet you where you're at we see you here for the long run like the long haul so that was pretty amazing Mm -hmm. that's a great green flag yeah um i've definitely had some like shady companies you know try to not throw me under the bus but they wouldn't budge or they would ghost me after even asking a question like if Mm -hmm. you feel like you can't be authentic and ask like hey down the line do you think there would be a $5,000 raise or whatever that looks yeah. like. If you can't feel comfortable even just asking in a professional setting and you're afraid that they're going to just ghost you or cut yeah. you out, that's usually, I'm not going to say always, but usually can be a sign of toxic environment yeah. because they know that they can just find anyone to, you know, work for the bare minimum. Right. And they know they can get away with it because everybody wants to work in the industry so we can just hire the next person no questions asked we're just gonna cut you out and not respond to your email again you know so there's things like that where if there's a mutual respect and a mutual understanding Mm. and if they value your time too like one thing i really noticed with my current role is the team was very consistent there Mm. wasn't like weeks that i didn't hear back from them it was like 
you know, we were emailing within two days. I would hear back from them within a day or two. And it was just very like refreshing for my, I'm already yeah. an anxious person, but for my anxiety, I was like, wow, okay. Like even if I fought, were to follow up, they responded that day or the next That's day. Great. It's just like, just because I think when you're interviewing and the way you're communicating, that's going to translate into how you're working with them. Yes. If they're hard to get a hold of or you're not getting answers from them or they're not budging, it's most likely going to be similar in the workplace mm. when you're working with them, you know? And so I would say that's one of the biggest things to look for, especially if you're in the interview process. Yeah. I know there was another question. I'm trying to think. <laughs> no, that's so good. That's honestly speaking to me right now. It's a really good reminder because it's like, it really does translate. Like you think, oh, they're probably just busy or whatever, or maybe, but it's like, that's just how, that's how they're working. Someone who they're trying to hire. Like that's not even someone who they already have. Like that's someone they're not even hiring yet. So I think that's such a good first clue in into like, what is their communication style? Are they organized? Do they care about me? Do they respect yeah. me? Really important parts of a job. If you live in LA, you know there is a lot to do here and neighborhoods are very spread out. It can be pretty overwhelming to decide what you want to do with your friends. I know I can feel that way. And last year, a friend of mine told me about this app called Nudge LA, where basically it gives you full-on ideas of like where you're going to eat, what's good to order, where to park, what's fun to do after, and even like full-on like weekend plans. It is so fun and it's made me have like the most random but fun like ideas of things to do with friends. So if you want to try it yourself and get some fun random ideas, find the coolest little speakeasies or fun little hikes, definitely try out Nudge LA. I have the link in the show notes. So I know you worked your last job for, was it three months? And that was very toxic. So for you, when was that wake-up call when you were like, this needs to stop? To be honest, times were really tough and I took the job for the money at that time. Mm -hmm. And it was my first like six-figure job, you know, and it was like, okay, everybody in my family was like, this is a great opportunity. But deep down, I just knew like it wasn't the right fit. I knew it from the beginning. But I went into that job thinking, you know what? I can do it for the money. I can, this will be great. I can save, pay off some debt or credit card stuff. And I went into it thinking like, okay, I'm going to have high hopes. Like it's not forever. It's just the opportunity that's come my way at this time. It'll be great on the resume. And literally it only took a couple of weeks until mm -hmm. I didn't feel like myself. Like every day I just found myself so irritated. That was a first sign. Mm -hmm. I was always so irritable. It's like, I was just, you know, when you're like, angry but you're angry as somebody but you're angry at yourself and yeah. it's like that battle and I'm like driving and I want to cry and mm. I just like I'm like I don't even want to go to work right now so was there there was that irritability um I remember showing up at my job and even I still am in communication with one of the girls that I used to work with but I told her I was like I'm like a different person now than mm. I was then when you met me and I said I literally felt like a robot like every day I would go to work 
there was no excitement, no joy. I was like, I was just so in this robotic feeling. I was numb. Mm. I was just trying to get the get the work done and then go home. But the thing is, is about if you're the thing about being an EA or any kind of PA, personal assistant, executive assistant, you're sometimes on call and you're around the clock. So this job in particular was very much on call. So I was getting texts all hours of the night, first thing in the morning. And like, that's the thing is like, usually if you can set aside some time for yourself in the mornings, you can feel a little more prepared for a job that you're not necessarily loving as much. But I would wake up at like 6 a.m. and get a text from my boss and then just feel like there was no um, personal – No boundaries. No boundaries, right? And so that can really mess with you when you have a job that's 24-7 like that. Um, And I know signing up for those – I like have signed up for those kind of jobs. Like right now I'm technically on call, you know, but I – it's what I signed up for. There's more – there's better boundaries in the role I am. And now I have my weekends, which is really awesome. But – Yeah, I would say when you don't feel yourself, when you just feel like you're trying to get through the day, you've lost your personality, um, there became a breaking point where I was with a couple close friends and I just like, I haven't had something like this happen in years. So it's kind of embarrassing to say, but I literally had like a, a mental breakdown. I was like yelling at one of my friends. I didn't want her to be there. I just wanted to be with the other two girls. And I just was so, I felt so out of control with myself. Like I didn't feel like I was able to control my own life, let alone my own schedule. And then to also be being controlled by a man that I was working for, you know, who didn't really have any boundaries and who wasn't super respectful. I just felt like I lost all areas of my life. Like Mm -hmm. I didn't even feel like I could be in charge of my own schedule and who I was hanging out with, you know, and like making time for myself. And so I had a mental breakdown, which, you know, it did affect us you know, affected some friendships. I'm not going to lie. I lost a friend after that. And that was really tough. Um, But it made me look inward and to realize like, hey, you know, sometimes jobs aren't worth the money. Like opportunities sound great. You might make a lot of money. But in the end, if you're not even remotely stoked about it, that's the one thing I always say when you're interviewing. If you have like a little bit of excitement, even a tiny bit, that's a good sign. But if you have no excitement whatsoever, you know, deep down, like, you're not even being respected as a person, you know, you're commuting so much that again, it's just extra time. It's affecting you mentally. Like it's not worth it. And so after that, you know, situation where I did lose a friend, I had a mental breakdown. I did not like my job. It was, it was a crazy three months. It was only three months, but it really forced me to look inward and like, Hey, um, yes, this, this sucks. The circumstance sucks and being in the situation sucks. But at the same time, it's like, I'm not in control of my inner world. So like, let's look inward. And at that time I was really going through it with my anxiety. And so I really was like, Hey, maybe it's time to actually like look at, you know, the medication route for anxiety. So like when situations like this happen, I'll be able to handle it better. It won't fix it, but I'll be able to at least like, um, handle myself better and, obviously have conversations, like not lash out on people, but be able to have like conversations. And so I think when you are in a job that affects your mental health, it's not just a job. Like people say, it's just a job. Like you're making money. You'll be fine. Do your passions on the side. But like, 
I'm somebody that has to be doing what I'm passionate about 24 seven, or at least like somewhat if I'm passionate about it, like I can't separate just a work box nine to five and then creative projects on the side, Mm -hmm. like in another box. It's like my, for me to operate and feel like I'm living my true self, it has to be, it has to be both. I have to be doing somewhat what I'm passionate about. And that's what I realized is like, um, I was like, yeah, I knew I needed a new job. Mm -hmm. I knew it like the first week I was there, it wasn't the right fit, but Hey, you go through those things and you learn a lot. I learned a lot about myself. It was a completely, it was a corporate environment. Mm -hmm. I realized I'm not a corporate girly. (laughs) I am not. Yeah. I'm like, been there, done that. Nope. Yeah. (laughs) Check that off the list. I don't, you know, I don't really prefer to do the 24 seven on call jobs. Check that off the list. Like I don't like wearing blazers and nice pants. Check that. I need like a job that reflects myself in who I am at least like 50%, yeah. you know? And so it was a learning curve. I mean, a job is so much of your life. People say mm-hmm. it's not your life, but it's most of it because let's be real. Like you're working, you're working more than you're not working mm-hmm. in your day so why not find something that's not going to make you miserable? And you can. Like I truly believe, like we were saying earlier, if you say no to what you know is not best, there is a better yes. yes. There really is. I mean, I have people in my life who have for years just been okay with jobs that are not healthy for them. And I see it. Yeah. And I think they truly believe that they have to. Yeah. And that if they don't, either they'll their identity will be lessened or they'll be a quitter or they're taking the easy route or there's nothing else they could do. But I really believe if you stop and reflect and you try again, there is there is always something better. Um, so I couldn't agree more. I think it's so important to prioritize your mental well-being because at the end of the day, like we are so much more than our job. Yes. Yes. We really are. And – um, so for you, like this job obviously wasn't great, but it did provide and illuminate for you this concept of medication and taking care of your anxiety. What did it look like for you in order to get to a better place? Like how did you kind of recover, recoup from that job? Yeah. You know, right before I got my current job, I had like a month in between. So I actually got let go from my toxic job, which was a blessing in disguise because I was like, as soon as I found another job, I was like, I'm going to give my two weeks. But it was almost like a door was being closed. Like I knew it wasn't the right fit. So when I got let go, it was like a relief. I was like, I know this, this obviously wasn't meant to be. It's like proving itself, you know? And so Honestly, I was like, I was really kind to myself like that Mm -hmm. week. I was like, yeah, it's a bummer. I got let go, but I just know that's not the right opportunity. I know there's something better. And I just kind of like, honestly, it was like the most stress-free month before I transitioned into my current job. Mm -hmm. It was the most stress-free month. I was like, almost like deep down, I knew something was better coming around the corner. And I was like, I just remained hopeful. I was like, Mm -hmm. this door wouldn't close if something better wasn't coming. And I just was like- I'm not going to stress over the fact of trying to interview because like I said, I had like 50 jobs before I got that last Mm -hmm. one, right? 
Um, and so I was just like, I am going to take care of myself. I'm going to recoup from that. I'm going to try to get myself back to normal because at that time, didn't feel like I had any normalcy. Yeah. Developed my own schedule, workout, that kind of thing. Go to coffee shops, like try to get become me again. Mm -hmm. So then when I got the job that I'm in now, a month later, yeah. I was like ready to go. And then also this job helped spur like that creative spark again and mm. that excitement for work because it was like something I enjoyed doing and it was people I liked working with. So Aww, it helped. And like that. this life to end that, it's like to end, wrap this all up. It's like life is too short to just try to work and make do of something that you don't really enjoy. Mm -hmm. Mic drop. <laughs> there's better opportunity there's always going to be another opportunity always yeah we're not in a scarce we shouldn't live in a scarcity mindset it's so true there really are so many opportunities out there it's a matter of just letting yourself explore and find it yeah and i'm so happy that you did thank you yay a happy ending or not the end ending but a great yes. better situation well, this was so sweet to chat, Anna. It's been so great to just hear more about your story and the hard things. Thank you for sharing the good things um, and everything in between. And I'm excited to see what comes next for you. I hope you loved this week's episode. Feel free to rate, review, subscribe, follow, and I will see you next Monday.